listening to Divorce Happy Hour, everything you need to know about divorce in New Jersey. I'm your host, Christina Previtt. John Nocklinger has the day off. Today's topic is whether to start the divorce process before versus after the holidays. And joining me today is divorce and family law attorney Robin Ross, co-owner of Ross and Calandrillo in Mountainside, New Jersey. If you have questions for us today, you can call in at 732-545-WCTC. That's 732-545-9282. Welcome, Robin. Hello. Good morning. Thank you for joining us on this fine day. Oh, it is a fine day. Nice and cloudy. Yes, I know. Well, I, this time of year, I just want to get on a plane and go to Florida and not come back until maybe April. Hmm, that sounds like a good idea. You could absolutely broadcast from Florida, so I think you'd be fine. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. I could do that. Oh, I'll have to look into that. Um <laughs> So today's topic is very timely. I think a lot of people, and you must experience this in your practice, a lot of people think that they should wait until after the holidays to start the misery of the divorce process. Yes. Um, I think that we look at it in the divorce world is like January's like the boom month. Everybody comes in in January. They're ready to file. They've gotten through the holidays. But I always look at it as why why are we waiting? I think yeah. that there are pros and cons, Me right? Too. Right? So I mean I think there are two ways to look at it. There's the financial aspect of it, of does it make sense financially to wait or should you file now? And then there's the emotional, mental aspect. And you know me, Christine. I'm very touchy-feely. Like, I'm all about the emotions and psychologically, what is this doing to you? So, I mean, I don't know your thoughts. I think that it makes a huge difference as to whether there are children or not. What do you think? Yes. I really think that's probably the biggest factor is if there's kids. Mm -hmm. Because I did want to start out the show just by saying, I think that if you're putting it off and you're just waiting, it's just yet another excuse and that's it. Show over. Done. Conversation <laughs> over. We're done. Yeah, okay. Bye-bye. Um, but I I don't want to be insensitive to people listening who might be in that very situation. Right. Because I know it's not easy. It's really difficult to make that decision mm-hmm. to get a divorce and then actually do what you need to do to, to take the action to do it. But I would caution people against just using it as another excuse to just postpone it. Well, right. What difference does it make if you file December 1st or January 1st? Like, think about it. Yeah, like, In what's going to be different after things. Christmas? But, you know, but, I mean, there are a couple of things. One, I'm usually for ripping the Band-Aid off. Yeah, me Right? Too. Like, if you know something needs to happen, rip off the Band-Aid and just do it. So, you know, when you look at the financial aspect, you know, we know here in New Jersey that when you file a complaint for divorce, that's your cutoff, right? So financially, you may want to look at it and say, maybe it makes sense to cut everything off in December. Maybe you have a spouse that's a huge spender and you don't want to be in on that credit card debt over the holidays. That's right. So that might be a good reason to cut it off and to say, you know what, let's file this complaint now. And also one of the things that I think people don't think about is just because you filed your complaint, you took that first step, that doesn't mean you're divorced. You're not divorced like, boom, right away you file a complaint and it's done. You can still do the holidays the way that you want to do the holidays. Yeah, I mean, I I imagine what's going through someone's head is I don't want to be the buzzkill that ruins the holidays. I don't want it to my husband or my wife that I want to get a divorce because it's going to put a total damper on December and how are we going to go to, you know, relatives' houses knowing that the, that we're getting a divorce? And isn't it just everything's just going to blow up? 
And I would say that you're going to have concerns similar to that no matter when you decide right. to tell somebody that you want a divorce. You know, right. you, it could be whatever it is. It could be some holidays coming up or everyone's going to know now. And isn't, is it going to be awkward with my in-laws and the kids are going to find out and the neighbors are going to find out. But you're going to experience that any time of year. It's just going to be a different thing. Right. There's always something else. It's going to be, well... I waited until after Christmas or after the holidays, and then now it's January, and then now my birthday's coming. Now it's the kids' birthdays. Yes. Now it's his birthday or her birthday. Now it's my parents' birthday. Okay, now yeah. wait. Now it's Easter, so we can't do or, it now. Yeah. There's always a reason or that he can't. Or school. Now I'm going to wait till the kids are done with school. I'll start in the summer, and then it's oh, I'm going to wait till they finish grade school, and then I'm going to wait till they finish middle school, and then I'm going to wait until they're done with high school. There, it's like starting a diet, kind of. Well, yeah, that's you know, how I start all of my diets. All of my diets are ne- next week. Yes, or, or January, right? Everyone's, right, January. Everyone's going to go on a diet in January. New Year's resolution. New Year, new me. Yes. Right? I think that people look at divorce the same way, that they go, new year, new me. I'm going to get through this year. I'll get through the holidays. I want it to be normal for everyone, normal for the kids. But I have opinions about that. I think that even when there are kids, and I think that's the biggest factor. People say if yeah. there are kids, yeah. we're going to wait. I don't think kids want to be lied to. And I don't think kids are as stupid as we think they are. No. They know what's going they on. Know. You know? They know. So, you know, I don't think for the most part, and granted, I've had plenty of clients that have come in to me and they're blindsided by divorce. They had no idea that their spouse wanted to get a divorce. I think that's the, the minority. People most say people that, know. but I they always know. question that in my head. I might not question it with them, but... I've had people come in and insist I had no idea. I thought we had a good marriage. I don't really understand that because there had to have been signs that something was wrong. Well, you also have to realize not everyone is as intuitive and a lot of people don't want to know. You know, the signs may be there and they ignore them. You know, they say, well, we don't sleep in the same bedroom anymore, but that's because I snore. We haven't had sex in 10 years, but that's normal, right? Right. Nobody has sex anymore, right? It's not not a big deal. So you ignore all of these signs that maybe your marriage is spiraling a little bit, and maybe you are blindsided. But I do think that's the minority. I think for the most part, you know. So it's not a situation where if you were to say to me, hey, I want to get a divorce right now. It's not like my Christmas is going to be ruined. I knew it was coming. Yeah. I think you kind of know. Yeah. And I also think that the kids know. I think everyone thinks that there's some sort of Oscar award winning actress, right? Where they go, oh, the kids know nothing. They have no idea. The kids know. Yeah, they, they do. absolutely they, know. They know something's not right between mom and dad. Right. And, and I don't think that they like being lied to. And in fact, there was actually a study that came out this year, like a September, October, something like that. And some fancy pants um, child psychology magazine. I think the study was out of Singapore. And it talked about the effect on children of being lied to by their parents and what happens to them as adults when they have been lied to. And granted, this study was more about parental lies. Like, oh, you know, if you don't leave the store right now, I'm going to leave you here and abandon you forever. But it was sort of lying about Santa. You know, Santa and the Easter Bunny, they did talk about that, (laughs) about lying about Santa and the Easter Bunny. And they said that those were mood-based lies as opposed to lies to get them to do something, something like that. I'm not a psychologist, so I don't know. It was a lot of mumbo-jumbo to me. But what they did say is that if you lie to kids as kids, 
they're more likely as adults to lie. They're more likely to um, exhibit bad behaviors, rule-breaking behaviors. Somebody even said um, become psychopaths. I don't think psychopaths were a thing anymore. I thought that that was replaced, but whatever. Oh. I don't know. So you don't want your kid to be a psychopath. Get divorced. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> it. That, that's my advice. That's that's we're advice. done. We're done. End of show. <laughs> you don't want your kid to be a psychopath? Get divorced. But But I guess what I'm saying is... If you're trying to put on this performance for your kids and they know they're being lied to because they're not stupid, um, they know that something's off, um, I think that it it actually is a detriment to them. And I think that it's better to be honest with yourself that, hey, this marriage is over with your kids. Mommy and daddy are not going to be married anymore or mommy and mommy or daddy and daddy, whatever your makeup is, we're not going to be married anymore. And this is how we're going to go forward. This is what it's going to be. The other thing, too, is you even if you acknowledge to your spouse that you want to get a divorce, you don't have to tell the kids the same day. You don't. I mean, you can wait until after Christmas or, you know, whatever your holiday is. You can wait until after the holidays to tell the kids. And I think that you know your kids better than we know your yeah, kids, right? Absolutely. Like, you know, if, if it's going to ruin their holiday or if they're the kind of child that says, look, you know, be square with me. Let me know what's going on. I know that you guys have been in this situation for a while and, you know, just just shoot it to me straight. Yeah. All right. Well, this is what we're going to do. And it's not happening right now. But this is what's going to happen. I don't know that that's necessarily going to ruin the holiday. You know, I, I don't look at it that way. I agree. I, I agree with you. And I also think it's a lot of I think this is all my opinion. But I also think that from a perspective of just being a person and being in touch with what you need and who you are. Again, it's like you said, the waiting makes everything worse. I would feel like the waiting would be excruciating. Oh, my God. Like, you know that you want to do it, right? You know that you want to file for divorce. You know that the marriage is over in your mind. And now you're saying, well, I'm going to wait another month. I'll do it in January. You know, there's there's not really a reason for it. And well, the other thing people could do is they could go to their lawyer now. Yeah. Because it's not like you go to your lawyer one day and then, you know, bam, we're filing a complaint the same day. There's preparation involved. Of course. You have to gather documents. You're, you're, you and your attorney need to talk about whether there's some need to file a complaint right away mm-hmm. or to wait. And just engage in planning about how you're going to start the process. And that takes... That takes a little bit of time, you know, a couple of weeks, I would say. It it does. And I think that, you know, once you do speak to an attorney, you'll have a better idea of what works for your situation. I know that there are definitely times where I've said to my client, I don't think you should file right now. I think you should wait, you know, and maybe that's just because I'm a slimy attorney. But for example, blood sucking, I prefer blood blood sucking. sucking. Yeah, no, I can I can. I can deal with that. I'm good with blood sucking. But but I think that, you know, if I have a client come in, for example, and we know that in New Jersey, there's this 20-year cutoff, right, for open durational. Yeah. And I know they're at 19 years and, and 11 months. 10 months, yeah. I go, why don't you hold off till February? Yeah. Why don't you yeah. file at the 20 years? I mean, there might be a reason to wait if legally it's going to make some sort of profound difference. But I think other than that... I mean, you can't even look at it from a tax benefit. What benefit are you getting? So you file a complaint in December versus filing a plate. Let me wait until January. It doesn't make a difference for taxes. I mean, I I don't know the the mindset of financially I'm going to do it in January unless 
like well, I said, like there's I a reason said, to wait. I mean, I'm having a hard time seeing what the real benefit would be to to someone who's having that dialogue in their head to waiting other than to just put off something that's unpleasant. And if anybody has any comments about that, we welcome a phone call, 732-545-9282. I want to hear why why do people put it off? Is there some legitimate reason other than I just want to put off something that's unpleasant? I would like to hear that too. I think that what people tend to say are kids. Every time I ask this question and I say, why would you want to wait? I want to wait for the kids. And I'm going to quote this. It's so funny. I was I was at my, my sister's house um, over the weekend for Thanksgiving. And I'm not a fan of all of these like Infinity War movies. I don't know if you've ever seen them. I don't even like, know what that is. Like I think Th- Thanos and all. Whatever. I don't know mm-hmm. what this is. So anyway, my, my brother-in-law keeps saying this quote because it, I guess it resounded with him. And at one point in Infinity Wars, or is it War, War? I don't know. Somebody can correct me on that. Thanos said, dread it, run from it. Destiny arrives all the same. Right? Mm. And I'm like, but that's the same with divorce, right? You can dread it. You can run from it. But if that's what's going to happen, it's coming. So what difference does it make if it comes in December or if it comes in January? Well, I mean, I think maybe the the people who have this other inner dialogue, maybe this is more applicable to them. But And I'm sure you get people like Mm -hmm. this where they say... Oh, I just, you know, he's such a nice guy. I just, I just don't want to be with him anymore. And it's really hard for me to tell him. I'm dreading telling him he's yeah. going to be crushed. And, and I think those situations are harder. So for them, they feel like they're going to be just blowing up someone's world. Right. By telling them, I want, I don't want to be in this marriage anymore. So I think that's the, the appeal of putting that off. Right. <laughs> So what are your thoughts on that? Because for me, I can look at it both ways. I think that there's definitely a benefit in this world to being kind. So Mm -hmm. yeah, if it's not going to kill you, and if you think that January is a kinder time to do it, because you know that this person will be somewhat blindsided, like we talked about before, or it's going to crush your spouse, Maybe you don't want to crush your spouse over the holidays. Maybe you do want to give your your spouse one more fake Christmas <laughs> where, yeah, you know, that's what it is. That's what it is. It's a fake it's Christmas. It's a fake Christmas. It's and, you know, Christmas. maybe you want to give them that because you want to be kind. But on the flip side of that, is lying ever kind? Even if yeah. I'm doing it for you. Well, they've been you know? lying, right? Haven't they? Right. Though? Right. This is just my concern is if... If you want to wait until after the holiday because you want to be kind, as Mm -hmm. you said, my concern is always sometimes we get into this moment where we're like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm just I'm going to just pull off the Band-Aid. I'm ready. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it right now. But I feel like sometimes if you don't take advantage of that moment, it passes. It does. So what I'm always afraid of is that the person who's like, okay, really want I just have to do this. I want to do it now. But I'm going to wait till after Christmas. I'm afraid that that momentum will be gone by then. And then how much longer are you going to be there in that bad situation that you don't want to be in? You know, a lot longer than you may think. You know, I recently had a situation where um, my client and the spouse separated after one year of marriage. 
after the first year. They they separated. They were How like, long had they been together? Um, I think there was some dating time before that. They got married and divorced again, and then they got remarried. And, you know, so they got married and then they got they were separated. They, they knew the marriage wasn't going to work. And they then got divorced 23 years later. So the reality of the situation is they always wanted to pull off the Band-Aid. At least I know my client did, but he was being kind. You know, he was saying, well, I don't want to necessarily do that. I'm happy. She's okay. She has medical insurance, you know. It's rationalizing. Yeah, all of these things to rationalize. And then 23 years later, when he finally says, you know what? I think I'm going to pull off this Band-Aid. Now, guess what? She wants half his pension for 23 years. She wants all of these things where he goes, we weren't even really married. That's what you were. There's no such thing as not really really married. married. Right. But you were. There was no complaint filed. You were not divorced. That was your wife for the last 23 years. And because you decided that you didn't really want to pull off the Band-Aid, now this is becoming a litigation that it does not need to be. If you would have started this process 22 years ago, 23 years ago, whatever the case may be, you know, there would have been no questions about yeah. what are we splitting? What about the pension? What None of that would have happened. And yeah. now here we are. Yes. Here I, we've we are. We've seen that a number of times, too. And a lot of people do have that attitude. But we didn't leave and live together. I lived in another state for the past 20 years. It really doesn't matter. No. And usually what I see happen in those cases is they just agree on some arbitrary, you know, middle of the road date. Right. But but it's arbitrary. Per- yes. And then one person sort of ends up getting a windfall. Yeah. And that's exactly what ends up happening. But I do think that there is this within us as humans, there is this desire to delay the unpleasant. Yeah. There you is. know, like we know that it's not going to be nice. It's not going to be pretty. But to me, the sooner you start it, the sooner you end it. Yeah. And I would encourage you at least at least go pick your attorney, you know, go go see a couple of attorneys and select who you want to use and then get the ball rolling, get them retained. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then you guys can talk about whether to file the complaint in January or whether to send your spouse the letter, the, the bad news, whatever it is at, in January, because then at least, you know, you've you've already committed to something. Yeah. It's not just something that's in your head that you're thinking about and probably more likely to go through with it than to let there be some other excuse now to put it off. I agree. And just to to actually just throw in something I'm very passionate about is you always have the option as well of mediation. I love mediation. I think that it works very well for most couples. I'm going to say most because for yeah, some, for some, it doesn't work. You know, if, you know, for example, there's a restraining order, it may not work. You know, that might not be a situation. But, you know, there, there still are, even in restraining order situations, times where you can make the mediation process effective. So if you're thinking about this and you know it's something that you want to do and you're trying to make the process as pleasant as it can be. And let's be honest, it's never going to be pleasant. Like you and I know, it's no, never going to be No, there's no such pleasant. thing as a pleasant divorce. Right. You know, I've not. never had a client that said, this was just lovely. I no. want to do this again. I, I mean, mean it's, <laughs> no, it's not pleasant. No. But if you want to make it a little bit more pleasant or closer to pleasant, then you can less always- Less unpleasant. Less unpleasant. Yeah, I guess less painful. Yeah. You might then say, okay- I know that the holidays are coming. I'm going to go talk to an attorney. 
maybe I'll talk about mediation or just setting up that process so that my spouse and I can sit down with a neutral third party and work everything out amicably and we don't have to go to court. I think that when people think of divorce, they think of like War of the Roses or maybe something that younger people will know because I don't think they know War of the Roses. Yeah, I know War of the Roses. (laughs) But I think that's what they think of. I think so. I think think oftentimes, and this isn't just about divorce, but it's about a lot of things. We imagine things being so much worse than it actually ends up being. Right. Not that I'm not not to say that it's not going to be great. But anytime you have to ask somebody, you know, something that you've been dreading, like having to bring up something, even if you're in a relationship, maybe you don't want a divorce, but there's something that's been bothering you. Yes. And you have to bring this up with your partner. We dread that because we conjure up these images in our heads that it's going to be so far worse Right. It, I do this all the time. You I know? do too. I uh, do too. And it's all usually not nearly as bad as you think it's going to be. Right. Right. Like, I mean, like, for example, like I may say, I really want to talk to my boyfriend about his dishwashing habits. And I think, oh, it's going to be a gonna big be, fight. It's going to be a big fight about the dishes. And, you you know, you have to rinse the dishes and then put them in the dishwasher. You can't just throw them in the dishwasher. Like, I, but in my head, this is going to be such an unpleasant thing. And in reality, it might just be like, hey. This is what you need to do with the dishes. And he goes, all right. Yes, because I have the same situation. I've, right. I've had a boyfriend for 10 years mm-hmm. and I dread things like that because I think it's going to turn into some kind of argument or he's going to say no. And then I'm going to have to lay a smack down. But th- usually that's not what happens. Usually right. he just goes, OK. All and then right. I'm like, why did I dread that? Why, why didn't I say something sooner? About right. That? Why did I not want to have this conversation? And in reality, even a divorce conversation of this marriage is no longer working for me. And we need to do something about that, whether it's we go to mediation and we try to work on this amicably and it doesn't have to be this crazy battle. Or maybe we do need to go to court because there are things that we don't agree on. I don't think it's as dreadful as you think it's going to be. No, no. And that's not to say it's going to be fun, but no, I think whatever you conjure up in your head, it's far worse. I have to tell you, though, so kind of an aside, I never understand when people come to me and they're simultaneously still going to marriage counseling. Well, I think that it's not a horrible idea. Okay, so in my mind, whenever I have a client come to me, I always ask them if they've tried counseling. But I think that counseling, you know, as far as marriage counseling, a lot of times what it's doing is actually helping them to communicate with one another better. And it may not mean that their marriage can be saved, but if they continue to go to counseling and work on their communication, that may actually help the divorce process because they know how to actually speak to each other, especially when it comes to the kids. I mean, to me, take marriage counseling and then maybe just fuse that into co-parenting counseling. I don't know how you feel about co-parenting counseling. No, I love the idea of that. I think that most of the time if people are getting divorced, it's probably because there's been a severe lack of communication for a really long time. Right. Right. Um and I think by the time I find often by the time people actually go to counseling, it's too late. I think they need to go sooner. I think so, too. I think counseling is... In fact, I think everyone needs to go to counseling. Yeah. I'm a big fan of counseling. I've never been, so I'm very hypocritical about that. I know. I know. What? Oh, my God. (laughs) But I would love to go. I would... 
Well, you know, it's one of those things just like putting off the divorce. I'm putting off finding a therapist. I'm putting off when I'm going to make the appointment. I'll do it later. I got something else to do. But in my head. Because you're like, but there's nothing wrong with me, at least not right now. But that's more of a reason to go is that you go, you get your, your thoughts out, you communicate with somebody who is, you know, like I said, non-biased, a neutral person that's not in your world that's going to give you their views of what's happening. But I think it's the same thing for couples. You know, I don't see the detriment of even if you're in a healthy marriage, go to go to freaking counseling. The only time that I see it as problematic is when the person who wants the divorce is not communicating clearly. I want a divorce. We're not saving the marriage. Right. I don't want to be in the marriage anymore. And I think sometimes the other party, mm-hmm. the one you're sort of dragging along, sometimes if you're not clear with them, they interpret the marriage counseling as, oh, well, we're, we're trying to work things out. Yeah. Like they block out the fact that um, we have divorce lawyers. Someone has filed a complaint. And and they still think that there's still hope. And I think it's false hope. Yeah. And it's really not fair to that person to not be very clear with them that we're getting a divorce. I'm not going to counseling to try to work on our marriage. I'm going to counseling because we have children together and we still need to co-parent. And I want us to do that effectively together. But I think that's why you have to change the name of the counseling. I think even with the counselor. And if you want to use your marriage counselor, fine. But if you say we're no longer in marriage counseling, we are family. now we are now in, right in family counseling or we're in co-parenting counseling because the reality is this marriage is ending and we still need to communicate with one another about our children or about whatever else there may be. Sometimes there are other things tying people together, whether it's even parents. Sometimes, you know, we both love grandma and grandpa and we're all going to be around them. So, you know, we still need to act as, you know, polite people, maybe not civil. Right. And you can still be a family, even if you're not married. Well, Yeah. I mean, I think you are still a family. If you have children together, you're still a family. Right. You might be, I don't want to say divided family. I wish there was a better word. I can't think of a better word, but. I I don't, you know, I'm always looking for a better word. I don't like, I'm not even going to say don't like, I will be extreme. I hate the term broken family. Yes. I really hate hate that. it. They're not broken. There's nothing broken about it. Um, And then I know that, you know, for non-divorced families, they'll call them like an intact family. But then that still means what is what does that mean if you're not intact? You're still a family. I like I like the expression blended family, but that's usually referring to something different. Right. If there are other, you know, spouses and children. I don't know. I think that we need to task ourselves with coming up with a better better word than or a better term than than broken family. We do. Because a lot of people think and because I get so much negative um, comment commentary on our Facebook page. Mm -hmm. We get a lot of positive stuff, too. But there's always somebody who will post something that we're blood-sucking lawyers and we just break up families and we're doing terrible work. And, you know, I'm sure that you must right. hear this. And it's really indicative of what the mentality is about us and what we do. We're not out there breaking up families. I'm not knocking on doors and saying, hey, you want to get a divorce? Are you mad at your wife today? How about you get a divorce? I'm right. not doing that. and. Actually, when people come to see me, a lot of times people are looking for some affirmation that they're making the right decision. Right. 
But I really don't like to get into that. I'll just say, look, this is a very personal decision. It's one that only you can make. Uh And if you feel like you need some feedback, then I would highly recommend that you see a counselor so that this is something you can talk about with a counselor. I have cards of therapists on my desk. Like I hand them out, like I sprinkle them around like Skittles Mm -hmm. in my office because You know, even if you don't want to try marriage counseling, and I do typically ask my clients if they've tried, because I'm not an advocate of divorce. I don't say everybody go out and get divorced, but it's a reality. It's a reality that almost... 50%. 50%. I think, what is it, 45% I now? I keep 48%. hearing hovering around. Somebody told me 60% the other day. It's not 60%. I don't think it's That's 65%. crazy talk. I'd make so much more money if it was 60%. <laughs> it's not. But 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 I guess what I'm saying is it's, it's a part of life. It may happen. I mean, one it out happens. of two people that you know will probably get divorced. So it's not an awful thing. I don't think that it should be something that's shunned. But at the same time, I don't advocate. I don't go around and say, you need to get a divorce. You need to get a divorce. No. Everybody get a divorce. I would never tell no. someone just go get a divorce if it wasn't something that they were already talking about. Right. And maybe you need counseling yourself, just your own individual counseling to get through the divorce process and the decisions that have been made, especially if you're the person making the decision. That can be hard. I know they look at that person yeah. as like, oh, you evil. You know, you broke up the family. Yeah. You're, you're, but that's a really hard decision to make. And I yeah. don't think anybody's made it lightly to no. say, I'm I'm ready to end a marriage. You know, it's not the breaking up of the family. It's not the separation of the family right. that's damaging. It's the way that people treat each other when that's happening. Right. So if you and, and it may shock you, but this can happen. I should get some couples that come can come on and talk about the ones that did have a very amicable divorce. Oh, they're yeah. out there. And we don't see them for very long because they mend, the, you know, they take they, care of business. They're and they in and they're out. Their lives. Yeah. But there are people that can do that. And that's always the best way to do it for you, for your spouse and for the children. So it's not the separation that damages the children. It's all the hate and the it's vitriol. It. Yeah. It's it's screaming at each other, being disrespectful to each other, dragging the kids in the middle of it, you know, even if it's just implied, forcing them to take a side. Yeah. That is all what destroys the children. So. Well, I I think that in my view, that kind of brings it back to the holiday issue. It's all about how you handle the holiday. You know, you can file a complaint for divorce or go, you know, consult with an attorney and do all of those things today. And that doesn't mean that at Christmas time or Hanukkah time or I don't know what other holidays are coming up time um, that you have to then be a horrible person, you know, yeah. that you have to say, well, I've seen an attorney. So now all of a sudden, you know, this is we're going to be mean to each other and yell at each other and scream at each other. And in fact, I think that if you're putting it off, that's more likely to happen. Because holidays are stressful well, anyway. you'll at least be miserable. Right. You're going to be miserable. Holidays are stressful. You know, the the one time that, you know, your husband forgets to water the Christmas tree, all of a sudden you're throwing things at him because you're thinking to yourself, I hate you so much and yeah. I just want this to be over and you can't even water a freaking tree. And then it becomes World War Three. As opposed to just being honest and saying, we both know this isn't working. Let's get through the holiday. Let's be kind to each other. Let's keep the children in mind. And come January, we'll, you know, we'll continue this process. 
Yeah. So, I mean, we've been talking um, just sort of abstractly, but what are can, what are some specific reasons that we might tell someone to, we'll go on the other side now, mm-hmm. to wait? Why would we tell them to do that? Um, I think that, number one, like I said, if there's something very, very concrete, like I talked about the length of a marriage, and I think it might be more beneficial for the person to wait um, to to file maybe into the new year. Mm-hmm. That might be a reason I would tell them to wait. Um, honestly, if you look at a person, and I'm not even looking just at the, the black and white financial things, but if you look at a person and you know, I've had a client that's come in and you know that they're not sure. Yeah. I mean, you hasn't that happened to you? Yeah. Where, where they come in and they're saying, look, I want some information about divorce and I, I feel like I need to do this and I need to file... And, you know, you can just tell that they're they're on the fence, that they're not sure that this is what they want to do. And not because they don't want to hurt the other person's feelings. Just for themselves, they're not sure this is what they want to do. I'll tell them to wait. Um, yeah, I'll tell those people to go to counseling. Right. Yourself. Not even marriage yes, counseling. Yes, you go. Just If your you. spouse won't go, then go. Because you need to flesh out why why you want a divorce. Right. Do you really want one? And I, well, I have posed the question to many people who seem like they're on the fence. You know, if your spouse could, you know, fix the, the three things that you just complained right. about, would you still want to be with them? Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes people, sometimes actually it's a wake up call for them because they'll, they'll just be like, no, I, I still wouldn't want to be right. there. Then, you know, and that provides some clarity for them. But then other times, you know, there's some question. Well, I guess maybe if he or she could fix that one thing, mm-hmm. things would be better. So those are the people that I say, well, maybe it's not really a divorce that you need. Maybe you need to communicate better with your spouse. Well, yeah. I mean, I I think that for the most part, I have found that even in those situations, you know, people will come in and they'll say, you know, yeah, maybe this can be fixed or that can be fixed. Honestly, they usually come back. They do. Because if you're you know, sitting in my chair, you've been, this has been going on a long time. Yeah. I mean, ending up in the attorney's office is a huge step. It's very different from, you know, the 3 a.m. Googling of, you know, yeah. what, how do I get divorced? You need the dishwasher. I'm calling a divorce lawyer. <laughs> yeah, that typically doesn't. But you never know what's going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back after all. But Yeah, it could be. But, but I think that there's that. And, and again, to get into more of my blood-sucking role. Um, There are also times financially that I might say say to somebody, like, hold off. Like, if you know, for example, a bonus is coming. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe wait. Maybe this is not the time. Or someone just lost their job. Yeah. Maybe let him find his find a job first or, you know, let the wife find her job first because, you know, they're going to fight over that. Right. If you know that there is an issue that may be addressed rather quickly, Um, And you say, you know, maybe don't upset your wife or your husband over the holidays when you know that she gets her big bonus on January 15th and you're planning to, you know, redo the kitchen, which may then increase the value of your home, which might be to your benefit. Yeah. Or maybe tell them before you redo the kitchen because don't waste your money on the kitchen. Right. Because don't waste your money on the kitchen. You know, unless you're thinking to yourself, well, once we sell this sucker, we're going to get a little bit more money. So why not let her put her bonus into it? I don't know. I mean, I know that that might be a little bit of a, a, 
you know, slimy thing to do. But if there are things that are coming up in January and you're thinking, why upset the apple cart for this holiday? I don't know. Then it it may not harm you. But then, you know, if you're the one that's getting the bonus. And oh, this, that sucks. This comes up. I know, right? This comes <laughs> up more. I think um, I see this when someone has restricted stock units or they mm-hmm. have stock options and it's right. on a vesting schedule yep. where they're about to get a, a new grant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the law isn't exactly black and white on that. And you, and even if it is, you still get attorneys that try to pervert what the law is right. and, you know, try to get someone more that were less than the, what they should be getting. Um, so I, I always tell people, if you're about to get a grant... Mm-hmm. Let's just file the complaint. Right. Or if something's about to vest, um, you know, maybe there's a reason to file. Yeah. If you're the one who owns them. I, I mean, I've I've filed a few complaints here in December. Um, and, and I think that a lot of times when there's a financial motivation to filing, it is usually because the person that's filing is afraid of something. Yeah. Is either, you know, they know that they have a spouse that spends like a drunken sailor. They've found that there are credit cards or debts that they don't know about. And that's frightening to them. And they're really looking to stop the bleeding. The holidays aren't really even a, a thought in that. It's, it's just it's just no, I need this to end right now. I need this complaint filing date to stop whatever is happening, you know. I know that she's looking into taking out some huge loan or doing, you know, something that I want no parts of. So I'm going to file this complaint now. And a lot of times it is, you know, despite what I just said, tied to the holidays because people go, oh, the holidays are coming. We're going to spend $20,000 on Christmas. No, you are. I'm not spending $20,000 on Christmas because I don't agree with that. Um, And then when it comes to things like bonuses, I know that you and I can probably geek out and talking about the equitable distribution of things like bonuses and whether they're, you know, for the year before or yeah. whether they're for work to be performed. I mean, there are all of these yeah. things that you can look at as to whether a bonus is going to be in the pot or not. But like I said, much like you, if you know that there are some RSUs, that there's a grant about to happen or something, I always say, look, why not err on the side of caution and go ahead and file and, you know, get that date And we can argue about the nuances later, but at least you have the date. Well, the other thing that could be a little tricky, too, is that, you know, you can file the complaint and not serve it immediately. And nobody knows. Yes, I know. So when you actually file a complaint, that's really what initiates a, a divorce proceeding with the court system. And I don't know the the days off the top of my head, but when you file, you mail it to the court. You know, it probably takes a good week or two a week to or come so. back. I used to say a week or 10 days before you even get the filed complaint back. And you can sit on it for a minute. Yeah, so and, the and, reality is, is that you're not going to even get notification from the court until four months later that they're dismissing your yeah, complaint so, for lack of prosecution. So you can sit on it for four months if you want. Yeah, I mean, you really six. You, so if you go to your lawyer and they file a complaint in December, mm-hmm. your spouse isn't necessarily going to know about that. But until then there's January. more lying. I know. Now that, we're back to the lying. Well, that's why we're being blood-sucking lawyers. Yes. And that's why people hate lawyers, because we <laughs> do these little tricks. They hate us until they need us, though, Christina. <laughs> yes, it's true. They hate us until they need us. It's like a really complicated game of chess, and they don't 
they don't know the rules. We know the rules. Mm-hmm. So that's where the blood sucking comes in. But you like it. You guys <laughs> want a blood sucking lawyer when when you go and get a lawyer, right? right. I mean, you don't want some wimp. No, I don't think anybody comes into my office and they say, you know what, Robin, I would really like you to be as much of a wimpy pushover as possible. <laughs> I have never had that client that they go, I don't want you to protect me at all. I don't want you to tell me what the law is and give me advice as to how I should proceed in accordance with the law. Look, I don't tell people to hide money or do anything, you know, crazy like that. But if I can say to you, you know what, it might benefit you to file this complaint now for your financial benefits. And then we can serve it on January 3rd or 15th or February 1st yeah. or maybe Valentine's Day if you really want to be evil about it. I've served complaints on Valentine's Day. but I'm sure I've done that on birthdays and anniversaries only because somebody specifically asked me to do that. But, yeah, but uh, you know, yeah. I mean, what difference? Does I don't it make try it? to twist the knife on purpose. No. No, I don't think that you should try to twist the knife on purpose. But I think that there are specific reasons why, you know, you might want to wait. And there are specific reasons why not. But I really think that if you were to ask me gut reaction, if somebody says, hey, Robin, should I wait till after the holidays? I say for what? Yeah. Unless you can give me a very because specific Because they want to be nice. Reason. Right. I mean, we're we're programmed from birth to be nice and to be polite. Right. right? So there's no nice way to tell somebody that you don't want to be in the marriage anymore because the the message that you don't want to be there anymore is what's hurtful to them. Right. And I don't think that there's ever going to be a perfect time to deliver that message. No, there's not. Whether it's, you know, I understand that doing it on Christmas morning may not be ideal. No, I'm not, I, would I might not. not no, I wouldn't recommend that. I wouldn't recommend Let's that. Let's not do it Christmas morning. Well, you know, open up a <laughs> present. You know, here you go. Here's a set of house keys to my new apartment. You know, I, I, I don't know. Oh, here's a new picture of me with my new boyfriend. <laughs> right, right. I don't, I don't know that that's the way to go about it. But, but at the same time, there is really that might actually be a, the the har- most horrible time. But, but I don't think there's a good time. I don't think there's ever no. like, this is the perfect time to tell my spouse I don't want to be with them anymore. It's so, like having kids. You know, everybody agrees that there's really no perfect time to have kids, right? There's no perfect time to get a divorce. Yeah. There's just not. You know, some people might say, well, it's after the kids graduate college because then it's all done and it's all about the kids. I have to say, though, I have never once anybody whoever said that they were married much longer than they really wanted to be because of the, of the kids. Mm-hmm. I've never had any of those people say that it was, it was worth it. It's not. Every single one has said, I thought I was staying for the kids, but I realize now in hindsight that that, that wasn't the best decision. You know, it's very funny to me. I have a very good friend, and in my view, her parents did just that that they waited until she graduated from high school and went off to college. And then that's when they said, okay, we're going to get divorced. I think that was the worst thing that they could have done. Because like I said, she's not an idiot. She's probably one of the smartest people I know. So she grew up seeing her parents sleeping in separate bedrooms. Dad is going here probably to go hang out with girlfriends. Mom is, you know, going and doing her own thing. And there was so much tension in the house that I think that, 
consciously or subconsciously, she internalized that as that's what a relationship is. And I don't yes. think she's had a healthy relationship since that. Yeah. I always tell people that, that you have to be very mindful that you are a role model. That right. you and your spouse are a role model and you're modeling what a relationship looks like for your kids. And would you want your child to grow up and have a relationship like the one you have? But children do what they see. Yeah. Right? So, so if the answer is no, I would I would not want my child to grow up and have the same relationship, then what are you doing there? I, I, I agree with you. I, I think that we're both probably um, pretty equally skewed towards there's no reason to wait. Well, that's why you're on the show, Robin. <laughs> right. So I can say, Christina, you're right. You are absolutely right. But but I think that there really there might be some very specific reasons why it makes sense to wait but I don't necessarily see a reason to delay the inevitable if you know that it's coming. And no, I don't in any way say that you need to make it painful or you need to um, do it in a way that's going to be overly hurtful to your spouse. I don't think that that's necessary. But at the same time, I think you need to be honest with yourself. And I think that you need to be honest with your spouse and with the children. And I never think as much as we want to be kind, I never think that lying is kind. I agree so with if you. you're living a is. dishonest life, I don't think that you're really being kind to who you're trying to be kind to. And I, I don't agree. think you're being kind to yourself either. No, I think they're just excuses that we tell ourselves. I did make a very short list of the pros. Oh, okay. Of waiting. Some of it we've talked about already because I want to be fair to people at home that are like, no, I'm waiting till January and right. you don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe we do. Maybe a little bit. Um, so the one was maybe enjoy the pleasure of putting things off. But again, I wanted to emphasize that you're, you're sort of just fooling yourself, but some people may feel like, you know what? I know that this is going to be difficult and I don't want to do it in December. Right. I don't want to do it. I just don't want to. Yeah. So I respect that. If that is the case, I would still encourage you as we've talked about already, at least get your lawyer in place, Mm -hmm. do something behind the scenes that doesn't actually alert your spouse that there's anything going on yet because then at least you are taking some steps right and you'll be less likely to to find another excuse in january to put it off mm-hmm. um and again you mentioned the bonus if there's some bonus but you know what i think most people for the year before it doesn't everybody get their bonus in march um i think they either get them in march i know a, a couple of people that do get them in January or February. I also know some people that they give out bonuses in December. It's like a Christmas end of year bonus. So if that's the case, then bonus is already in. But you know, you don't have to wait necessarily until the person receives the bonus. Because if you file at the end of December or, you know what, even if you file anytime in December, I don't see how there can be any legitimate argument that that bonus was earned for 2019. Right. And just because you filed on December 15th doesn't mean that you didn't still get the benefit of all of those earnings throughout the year. I agree. So I don't really think that planning your divorce should really revolve around a bonus. I don't think so either. There are so many other things that go into a divorce that one bonus is not going to be the make or break. I mean, although there are some people that the bonus is the lion's share of their income. But if that's yeah, if the case, sales or something like right, that, that's not going to make a huge difference. Because like you said, if that was a bonus that was earned for that year, that doesn't mean because you filed in, you know, December. OK, well, never mind. And you know. you're still entitled to it. The only thing I would say is if 
because I know a lot of people do this. They will actually live on credit cards until they get the bonus. Yep. And then they, which I don't recommend, but a lot of people do this. And then they'll take the bonus and they'll just pay off all the debt. Right. So if you are worried that, you know, my spouse is going to get the bonus now in January and maybe he or she is not going to use it to pay off all the debt, that might be a valid reason for waiting a little bit. I think so. Because if you know your spouse and you say, look, my spouse is going to be pissed <laughs> and yeah. and maybe, you know, she's not going to do what she usually does and pay off all the credit cards yeah. with her bonus because she's mad at me that we're not going to be married anymore. And she says, you know what? You yeah. figure out your own debt. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I don't want to get into a whole um, legal analysis of that. Right. But that. But. If you're thinking that, that might not be the case. So consult with an attorney exactly. because it might be you might be worrying about something that really you shouldn't be worrying about. Um, the other reason that I could possibly think of is that if you know that your spouse is going to be very bitter, mm-hmm. and it's your you would prefer that your children not know, and you're worried that that spouse will tell the children right to be spiteful. And you really don't want that the kids to know during December, then I could see that perhaps as a legitimate reason yeah. to wait. I mean, also, if you're looking at it as the situation of maybe you have older children, I mean, I'm thinking of hypotheticals at this point, but maybe you have older children that are here visiting from college and you know that they're going to go back in January and you would rather drop that bomb when the kids aren't in the house and it's just the two of you and you can... Yeah flesh out the emotions of it with the children not being present to, you know, see mom or dad upset. That might be a reason too. I mean, like I said, the reality is you're going to know your life and the the specifics of your life much better. But if you do go and speak to an attorney and you say, this is what I'm afraid of. I, I think the reality is, is that yes, we are, um, you know, we're into the black and white, but we're, we are counselors in a way. Yes. If I have a client that comes to me and says, these are my fears, as far as a divorce, I can talk to them about ways to mitigate those those fears. So yeah. if you're afraid that your spouse is going to blow up and I don't want the kids seeing that, then we can say, well, let's strategize a way to make sure that happens when the kids aren't around. I agree. So so I think the moral of this story, if you take nothing else from this. Get an attorney. <laughs> yes. If you want to, if, if you're grappling with you know, do I do it now? Should I just wait? I'll just wait until after Christmas. You don't have to wait to get your attorney now, or at least consult with somebody, because a lot of the stuff that you're assuming, it may not actually be true. Right. And if that is your question, going in and speaking to an attorney, even if just to say, do you think that I should file now or file later? You know, we could go through the pros and cons with you of, before or after holidays, the way that we have here on this show, you yeah. know, but you can do it in the privacy of an attorney's office. You can air out all of your concerns of why it is that you want to wait. Um, you know, maybe it's a situation of I have, you know, parents that are very old and this may be their last holiday. And I would prefer to not have this, you know, kind of as a blanket over things. Let's just get through the holiday and then we can do it in January. And like I said, if I can't think of some sort of hard line, you know, reason why why you need to file now, if emotionally that's better for you and you think that's better for your family, you always have to do what you think is better for everyone else, you know, yeah. or for yourself and for your kids. No, I feel that. So, but we haven't gotten anybody calling in saying that we're blood sucking lawyers and that we're that's just trying nice. to encourage people to, um, you know, get a divorce right away. 
Well, I mean, check your Facebook page. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm sure it's there somewhere. I'm sure somewhere we've gotten a blood sucking lawyer comment, but. Um, but but it, it is it is very interesting. I think people have their own reasons. And at the end of the day, your reasons are yours. And there's nothing wrong with what you decide to do. I just think that, you know, you have to be very honest with yourself about your motivation. And if your motivation is delay, yes. don't delay. If yes. your motivation is something concrete where you say my motivation is A, B, and C that I can point to, I think that's a completely different scenario. I agree. You have to be honest with yourself. I think that's key. Um, Because we could have this show, we could just run this as a loop, and we could do this at different times of year. We could have, like you said earlier, we could have whether to file your complaint before or after (laughs) Easter, or before or after your anniversary, or before or after the summer, or before and after this or that. This dialogue is always the same. Right. It really is. It's, do I need to continue to put it off longer? I actually had a client once that was very, very adamant that the complaint be filed on the anniversary day. Like, I don't know if it was just an issue of... Maybe he had OCD. I think so. Like, in, in my head, like I think that it was just like, I need the number. marriage to be exactly 10 years, not 10 years in a day, not 10 years, you know. And I, it really wasn't anything, you know, weird. It wasn't like a military thing, like we need 10 years. It wasn't yeah. that. But it was it was really just like I, I want it to be this even thing. So maybe that's maybe that's a pro. Look, I found a pro. Maybe that's a pro for filing in January. You want it to be right at the beginning of the well, year. Well, you can't file on January 1st sure because can't. the courts are closed. But you could <laughs> file on January 2nd. So, um, Robin, thank you so much for participating today. Thank you for having me. Um, What I will say is I'm slightly disappointed that this is Divorce Happy Hour and there's not one cocktail in this room. Well, let me tell you. I know it's 10 a.m. Well, almost 11. But, I mean, come on. I I used to bring (laughs) bottles of wine because I used to record the show and now we go live. And I used to bring bottles of wine when I would do it later in the day. But I was told by uh, the powers that be here at WC. CTC that I was not permitted to drink while on duty. <laughs> and I think there's just no fun. That probably makes sense. Though. So Robin, we have a couple minutes. Tell us how we can reach you if anybody would like to inquire further about your services. Sure. Um, well, I can be reached. Uh, you can go to my firm's website, www.rcfamilylawyers.com. Um, I can be reached there. Or you can always find me on Instagram, Robin E. Ross ESQ is my handle. I'm very bad with these handles. On Twitter, R-E-R, I think, ESQ1, something like that. Just look up Robin Ross Esquire, and it's R-O-B-Y-N. Yes, the correct way to spell it, Y-N. And Robin actually does a wonderful exercise. I don't know how often you do this, but she has a 60-second tip on Instagram. I and do. And I love it. I do. Uh, sometimes I go over because I tend to ramble. Yesterday, I post them every Tuesday. Yesterday was really 95 seconds, but it happens. Oh, it okay. happens. Sometimes I have I have stuff to say. Yeah. You know? well, Robin, you always have something to say. <laughs> I've never seen you at a loss for words. No. Um, and if you would like to reach out to me, Christina Previtt, about our services, you can reach us at 
312-529-6937. Our website is at centraljerseyfamilylaw.com. And we are running an incredible promotion only in December to mm. encourage those people putting things off. To pull off the band-aid. Our, our typical retainer is 5000 but this month only we are offering a $4,000 retainer. But you still get credit for a $5,000 retainer. So you mm. actually are getting $1,000 in legal services for free. So if you're interested in that, please give us a call, 732-529-6937. And thank you for listening to Divorce Happy Hour. See you next time.